Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
What's happening, everybody? Welcome into ACC Tailgate. I am your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold, right here on Chris Landry Football on a Tuesday, on a new week, at least for us, because we do Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, got some new viewers in here on this beautiful day. I would open the window, uh, but then the sun, because ar around this time of the day, the sun shines right in the window. So you wouldn't be able to see anything. You wouldn't be able to see this mug. You wouldn't be able to see all the Star Wars stuff back there. You wouldn't be able to see anything. But I hope you're doing well on, again, a Tuesday. I feel like I've said it three times now. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. ACC tournament. Basketball tournament starts today uh, in Greensboro, about 20 minutes away from where I sit. I'm in High Point, North Carolina, which is basically right next door, depending on where you are. Uh, to Greensboro. I drive five minutes. I'm in Greensboro. So hope you're all doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, if you're new to the channel, welcome in. This is Chris Landry Football. We've got all types of shows here for you. You know, all the Power Five conferences are represented. Uh, got NFL shows, got NFL fantasy shows. So we got it all for you. And welcome to the channel. Hope you'll join us more often if you're coming in from uh the SEC show a little, little bit, a little while ago. Welcome in, or welcome back, I should say, if you took a little breather. Uh, so yeah, ACC tournament starts today. We'll get into that in a little while. So we've got a jam-packed show. Um, a little bit of actually, oddly enough, a little bit of everything in today's show. ACC basketball. Got a little NBA I want to get into, a couple of things I didn't get into last week that I had planned to and just didn't, uh, and then a little bit of NFL news that kind of went down, which, you know, I'm sure you can imagine where what that's going to be about, um, unless you've been living under a rock, which, if you're under a rock, I don't know how you're watching the show. Um, so yeah, Duke proved me wrong, thank goodness, and when I say Duke proved me wrong... Uh, let me get my banner up here, and we'll get this show on the road. Let's see here. There she is. So, if you recall, uh, at the end of the last show, or, yeah, at the end of the last show, I gave you my take for Duke Carolina. And, you know, we talked a lot last week about how, uh, you know, Duke – you know, at the state of Duke and Carolina. Duke started out very bad. You know, they, they were having the worst season I think they've had in my lifetime. Maybe your lifetime. It's been a long time. Uh, you know, Coach K's been there for a few minutes. Um, and then Carolina has just been this all year long. I mean, I, I talked about it multiple times, but it, it, it's so representative of the road that Carolina fans have been on this year. So I'm going to say it a third straight show. It's been literally a triangle. It's been, oh, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Oh, God. Okay, we're, we're getting it together again. Oh, look at that. Oh, Jesus. It's been that cycle over and over and over. Oh, by the way, as we welcome in some comments, we actually haven't had, uh, as we welcome in Spartan Barton here, ah. Oh, the bubble bowl is great. Here, I got to get in here on this. So I'm excited because I haven't had any comments to work with, and really, almost three shows now. I mean, I don't know what's been going on, guys. Like, I, I like getting you guys in here with me. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, 
And then this Spartan Barton, uh, he's one of our regulars. He said the bubble bowl was great too. And if you don't know what he is referring to by the bubble bowl, that's basically what I entitle, which is beautiful that he said this because this is where we were, I was going. Uh, I basically entitled Carolina Duke the bubble bowl uh, last week because, you know, um, essentially, and it's and again, it's uncharted territory for both of these teams, you know, Roy Williams. Roy Williams and Carolina, Coach K and Duke, usually those two teams, you know, because they always, you know, they always face off twice a year, once at Cameron. I don't know why I'm telling you this. This is an ACC show. This is like second nature to us. But, you know, we face off at Cameron. We face off at the Dean Dome. Usually one of those two, um, usually one of those two is on senior day for Carolina or Duke, one or the other. This year it was senior day at Chapel Hill, Carolina Duke. It's always the last game of the season. And um, so usually, and in that spot of the year, you're playing for, all right, who's going to be the one seed in the NCAA tournament? Who's going to be the two seed? You know, who's going to be the one and the two going into the ACC tournament? You know, who's going to be the big dogs? Because Carolina, Carolina Duke, they're always playing for the, you know, they're always playing for who's the top dog in the nation. Yeah, well, this year they're playing for who gets in the freaking NCAA tournament. That's where we're at right now. So beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's why I called it the bubble bowl. Basically, you know, and, and there were some logistics to it, you know, because if Duke had beaten Georgia tech, which was the game prior to Carolina Duke, because Carolina lost to, was it? Yeah. Carolina lost to Syracuse uh, going into the Carolina Duke game. Close one, but they lost. And then Duke lost to Georgia Tech going into the Carolina Duke game, which was close, but they lost, which was – it was a respectable loss, though, because Georgia Tech is as hot as anybody right now. And I, you know I'm bullish on them. I'm so excited to see if I end up being historically correct on Georgia Tech here in the ACC tournament uh, because I'm going to clip those and uh, post those on my Instagram. So – um, always fun to be his. This is why this is one of the beautiful things about making content, you know, documenting things. It's like you're on the record and you're historically correct. You can clip it and be like, you know, I kind of called that one, but um, uh, but no. So if Duke had beaten Georgia Tech, that loss, well, going into a potential loss and now loss to Carolina because Carolina handled it in Chapel Hill by about 20. It was like 90-something to 70-something. About 20-point win by Carolina, which <laughs> I don't know if you saw back there, but I was loving it. Um, if Duke had beaten Georgia Tech, that would have been a big win for them because they were already on a nice trajectory because they finally started to get it going. Uh, and, Georgia, again, Georgia Tech is as hot as anybody right now in the ACC, maybe beyond. Um and so winning that one, it, it probably wouldn't – listen, it probably wouldn't have made that much of a difference if Duke would have lost the Carolina game. I think they still would have struggled to get into the NCAA tournament. Really, if they lose – I think they needed to beat both Georgia Tech and Carolina to get in, the more I've kind of thought about it. Um, you know, it's kind of iffy winning one or the other. You know, you beat Georgia Tech, you lose to Carolina, or you lose to Georgia Tech, which they did, or if you would have beaten Carolina. But you really needed to get both. Um, 
So that was kind of where Duke was at. And then Carolina, had they lost to Duke? Now, now Carolina's in a better part. They're in a better position. You know, they've had a better year than Duke has. You know, neither of them are having great years, but Carolina has been good enough, enough times to where it's like, all right, they're they're solid. They're legit. They belong in the NCAA tournament, presumably, assuming they finish well. But had they lost to Duke, I don't think they would have been able to get in without winning the ACC tournament, which obviously they didn't, uh, and they won handily, if that's a word, handily. Uh, they, they won. They took care of business in Chapel Hill by about 20 points. So I believe, unless they just get blown out, which I don't see happening, I don't know who plays to – because Carolina's got a bye, so they'll face off against somebody in the second round of the ACC tournament. I don't know what game leads into that. But the only way at this point, and, you know, Carolina's been on that cycle all year long, so it hurt as much. And, and I'll just go ahead and say this. The reason I opened with saying Duke proved me wrong was because I had a funny feeling in my gut, and it was very painful to say. It was some relief that didn't come to pass. I had a funny feeling in my gut Duke was going to win that game. I don't know. Uh, you know, coming off that tough, that tight loss to Georgia Tech and Carolina, you never know what version you're going to get these days. It's like, and, and Carolina and Duke historically split. You know, usually they split. You know, there's, I, I, I remember saying this. I think, I don't know if I can fill up one hand with the seasons of my lifetime. And I'm 24. I'll be 25 next week, actually. Um, and we'll have a show on my birthday on Thursday next week. So that'll be fun. Um, no, I, I don't think I can fill up with one hand the times in my lifetime that Carolina has swept Duke or Duke has swept Carolina. There's been a few times, but not – I can maybe fill up one hand, maybe. Like, I, I'm thinking there might have been three or four years, maybe, where that happened. So, um, yeah, I, I just had that gut feeling that Duke was going to – I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a good game, but I thought Duke would maybe end up pulling it out, but they didn't. They proved me wrong, which – it's beautiful. So Duke now has to win the ACC tournament, period, to get into the NCAA tournament. Carolina has pretty much stapled, stapled, you don't staple tickets, stamped, punched, what have you, their ticket to get in the NCAA tournament. The only way they're going to, at this point, not get in is if they just get blown out by somebody and the second round, a.k.a. their first game of the ACC tournament. That is the only possible way at this point because they beat – they've had a good enough season. They took care of Duke too easily that if they just have a decent ACC tournament, they're in. So, um, and by the way, FYI, I wrote this down because I thought it was interesting. That was the biggest win, which go figure. And, and by the way, this is a testament to the – Bad season, the rare bad season that Duke is having. Kind of like Carolina had one of their rare bad ones last year. Um, Duke is basically having that this year. And this is a testament. Biggest win at the Dean Dome, their, their place, since 1998. That was a few minutes ago. Like, that's – isn't that insane? So, I mean, that, again, I think that's a testament to just how good Duke has been for that freaking long. Um, so, yeah, uncharted territories for Duke this year. Like, we, Think about this. We might have a tournament 
NCAA tournament, a March Madness. Finally. Feels so good. We're going to get into this in a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're we're going to have a nice little uh, come to Jesus conversation about the ACC tournament being back and, you know, just where we've come over the last year. But, um, yeah, Uncharted, we might have an NCAA tournament with no Coach K. Like, how crazy is that? It's nuts to me. So let me, uh, I, I mentioned that we were going to have a nice plethora. Actually, let me get in some comments here because I've been, I've been missing my comments so much I'm not even getting to them. Let me, let me get in here. Um, let's see here. Oh, this is good. Um, get a little ACC football in here briefly. We haven't done a lot of ACC football. I guess, I mean, I guess it's a fair trade-off because much like we didn't because the ACC football season was just so good. Uh, and it's going to be probably even better this coming year. I'll be excited to get into that here very soon. Um, much like we didn't get into much ACC basketball during the football season, we haven't gotten into much ACC football here lately. So I really like this question. And this was actually something I remember talking about, and I did not know this. Um, why, Spartan Barton asked, why does Clemson have a lot of defensive starters transferring? That I don't know. I hadn't seen that. That's actually, again, because I've been spending so much time on the basketball side of it. Uh, kind of like in the fall when football was going on, I had no idea what was going on with basketball at the beginning. Like, it, So it's kind of a nice little trade-off. But I had not heard that. Uh, it's, that's very intriguing to me. Um, and the reason that's very intriguing to me is because one of the things that Clemson – now, you might be able to tell me this. Are these secondary players? Are these like players in the trenches? Like what specific spot in the defense are the majority of these starters? Because if you recall, and I'm sure Spartan Barton will, because he's in here every episode for the most part. Um, one of the things, because Clemson has now gotten exposed for two straight seasons as far as like in the big game, uh, you know, two years ago in the big one against LSU, which is fair. I mean, you can't – anybody was going to get their stuff wrecked against that LSU team. Let's just call it for what it is. That was probably the best – not even probably. That was the best offensive college football team of all time, period, point blank. There were the Golden State Warriors, which is now becoming the Brooklyn Nets, as you'll see here in just a minute, of college football offensively. Uh, now – this year, they lost to, you know, um, Ohio State in the semifinal of a college football playoff. And yet again, their defense, specifically their second, well, actually, no, not even specifically, their secondary and in the trenches got exposed. Uh, Clemson's did. So, okay. So, says their middle linebacker and a cornerback both entered the portal. So that's, you know, cornerback, that's part of the secondary. I'll be, I'm curious if that's one of the key ones that they maybe had. So only two, not a lot, but still starting experience. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, uh, there's nothing more valuable uh, to a college sports team than, you know, not seniors specifically, but just that couple years or seniors or juniors of experience. I mean, it's so valuable as we welcome in a new viewer. Hope you're doing all right. Uh, it's it's just so critical, and I, I, I can say that from experience playing college baseball. It's like, I mean, the, your seniors, your juniors, your players that have been through it a little bit, you know, you might have a star freshman 
that comes in um, and they're better than your juniors and seniors, you actually see this quite a lot. You might have a star freshman come in, they're better than the juniors and seniors, talent-wise, but because the juniors and seniors, and maybe even sometimes a sophomore, depending on how much they played as a freshman, because they've just been through that whole college experience, the college season, and they're so they're veterans, essentially. Because they've been through it a little bit, and you know, they've got they've earned their stripes and they they kind of they know the playbook for the most part and they just they know the drill they know how this works they tend to be a little more valuable than that star freshman now it depends on who the star freshman is and what they play you know if you got a Trevor Lawrence or a Zion Williamson that's a little bit of an enigma a little bit of a different scenario but for the most part your senior leadership or your upperclassmen are so critical to your whatever sport it is, your team. So, um, yeah, that's interesting because, again, one of the things I talked about, especially when you're going to be – I don't know – I don't think Clemson – again, I don't think Clemson's going to have to face Carolina this year. But with that Carolina offense that continuing to build, and I think Carolina's got some uh, some defense coming in, so which was something that they desperately needed to take the next step towards potentially dethroning Clemson in the ACC and potentially beyond. Um, that defense was going to be critical critical for Clemson because you cannot – I just don't see how you can keep it the way it was and go and play against Sam Howell and that Carolina offense. Like, I really just feel like you would get ripped to shreds. Just my opinion. And it ain't because I'm just a – and you guys probably know this about me by now. I am able to take my Carolina goggles and put them over here and put the objective ones on. And I'm here to tell you that Sam Howell, that Carolina offense, those running backs, those receivers, Matt Brown running the show, if if they can just continue to – even if they just didn't build on it and just had the same exact thing, which I think they're going to be a little better, maybe a lot better, and then just get some resemblance of a defense, they're going to be trouble. And they, they're coming for Clemson. I promise you they're coming for Clemson. It's just that simple. If they don't take care of the secondary and the defense. And so that's very interesting. I did not plan to go that deep into Clemson football, but I'm kind of glad we did. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, Spartan Barton. So that's interesting. So uh, let's see here. Got about a little over 20 minutes. Um, Shout out NC State women's team, by the way. I got that written down here. Shout out NC State Wolfpack women's basketball uh, winning back-to-back ACC tournament. They were also here in Greensboro. They were here last week winning back-to-back ACC tournament championships. You know, I always say I love I love to give um, I love to give NC State grief. You know, Carolina rivals and all that because they're they're too much of a joke to be like a Duke rivalry. But um, you know, now I couldn't talk much about them in football this year. Uh, basketball, I usually can and basketball, I kind of could this year. Now, granted, they did get us one time this year, so I can't say a ton. Uh, but you know, it is fun to talk crap to, uh, NC state fans cause they tend to get a little riled up about it. Uh, oh, but football can't really say anything. Basketball. Yeah, usually I can. Women's basketball was the one territory that I got to keep my mouth shut about NC State because they are just, I mean, we, we know this. They're a national power, uh, not just ACC. They're a national 
power. I think they finished the year ranked one or two or something like that. Uh, they're they're legit. So I'll keep my mouth shut about Wolfpack women's basketball. But everything else, I'm gonna keep it running. So uh, let's see here. So Dak Prescott. I'm gonna try maneuver here with the time that I have. Dak Prescott finally got his deal. That was the breaking news of last night. And we talked about this actually a little bit on the last show. Uh, so it's kind of interesting how the timing worked out on it. Make sure I'm not missing any more comments here. Um, so he got four years at 160 million, 126 million guaranteed. That's the most ever, I think, guaranteed or currently. Uh, 42 million a year is what he got for four years. And as, as you recall, he did get tagged last year um, because he turned down the initial deal that the Cowboys offered him a, literally a year ago, which was five years, $175 million, uh, and that would have been three point, or $33 million a year. So the issue with that contract and ultimately why Dak it was ultimately more about the length of it than the money, I think it was. I mean, I don't think the money was exactly what he was wanting either, but it was more so about the length of it. It was a year. Oh, here you go, Spartan Martin. He asked, he asked, what was the deal look like? So it's kind of say, I got you. I got you. I already had I already knew you're I already knew you guys were gonna want to know the details here. I I, I got it. I got I got you here. I got, I gotta give the people what they want. Um Ooh, I like his next comment. I'm actually going to cover that here in just a second. Um, I'll show you guys what he said. But, yeah, so the issue more so than the money last year and the reason Dak turned it down was because it was a little too long. Because when you take into account, you know, inflation and the market continuing to rise as, you know, your Lamar Jacksons and your Kyler Murrays and maybe a Russell Wilson deal, again, get signed the market rises. And I think the Cowboys were looking to lock up Dak before that could happen. Or, uh, yeah. So they were looking to look, lock him up a little longer, but Dak wanted that year lower. So four instead of five to where he had the option. So as the market rises, he can be like, all right, well, I've done this, whatever he does over this next four years. And these players are doing that. So I should be paid accordingly. And that's ultimately what he was looking for. So four years, 160 million, 126 guaranteed, most ever guaranteed, uh, 42 million a year. And you know, I've been hearing the chirping all day. Now, granted, it is music to my ears because I hate the Cowboys as much as anybody is any sports team or anything on this planet. I hate them. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. They're just stupid. I can't stand the Cowboys. I can't stand their fans. I can't stand the way the media puts them in the Super Bowl conversation every stinking year, even though they rarely have made the playoffs over the last 25 years, yet we continue to put them in the Super Bowl conversation. I'm tired of it. But that being said, I am pulling for Dak Prescott. I really am. I hope he does very well. And I hope the Cowboys still lose, but I hope he just balls out and the rest of the team just sucks. Um, you know, a lot, and there, there's a lot of people out there chirping about, well, that's kind of where I was going with that. A lot of people chirping about, oh, well, another four years of mediocrity, another four years of eight and eight. I hope so. I just hope it's not Dak's fault. But listen, it's like I said 
last episode about Dak and his deal. Is he elite quarterback? As in, like, you're Deshaun Watson's, you're Lamar Jackson's, you're Kyler Murray's who's coming to that level. No, he's not. Is he above average quarterback for the NFL? Yes. Is he a great leader in the locker room? Yes. Does Dallas love him? Yes. So what's the alternative if you let him walk? What's the alternative? See, that's the thing that people, fans, maybe even ownership, don't consider. I say more so fans than ownership because I think ownership probably does consider these things, but maybe not even as much as they probably should. It's like if you let a quarterback like Dak, even though he might not be one of the elitist quarterbacks in the NFL, if you let him walk out the door because he's offering or he wants something a little more than you're looking to give, and you just let him walk. What's the alternative? You ever like you got to think of it that way. And I wish more people would think of it that way. It's like, and to this comment that I'm going to address next, Spartan Barton, any interest in Cam Newton among teams? Um, it's like if you're the Patriots and you let Cam Newton walk. And actually, I don't think they will. To answer that question, I think the Patriots probably pick him back up because there's not. And to the point of what I'm talking about, there's not a lot of good free agent options that I think they're interested in. Their pick, I don't know specifically what it is, but I hear it's so deep in the draft, they're not going to get somebody worth getting at quarterback. So your best bet is to get some weapons, actually give Cam something to work with this time, and give him one final shot to show that he can still be a legit starter in the NFL. Um, it's like if you're the Patriots and you let Cam walk, which they probably won't because, again, free agents, eh, their draft too low. What's the alternative if you let Cam walk? Like, what is it? So these are things you got to think about. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't heard specifically teams that are interested in Cam outside of the Patriots. Uh, I had heard earlier on in the offseason that Washington could potentially be an option. Uh, and, yeah, Spartan Martin agrees he'd love to see uh, another year with Cam on the Patriots. I would, too, because it's like – so here's my theory. And now now i got to take my Cam Newton glasses off because he was my quarterback for basically a decade. And I, I wish he still was, quite frankly. But, you know, that's a whole other issue. Um, he's my favorite football player. But – I think all the chatter about up uh, well that you know going into the first year last year with the Patriots, we heard all the media chatter about all right, well this is it. This is it for Cam. He's got to show us something. I think that talk and that conversation was a year early. I think now is that conversation. And the reason I think that is because Cam did not have anything to work with last year. He did. He had to essentially try and carry the teams carry the team with his legs, which he did on occasion. But when that's the only weapon you really got, teams can figure that out fairly quickly. I mean, it's Cam Newton over there. Gee, I wonder what he's going to do when they don't have anything else to work with. Then he got COVID. And so then he comes back, and, I, and he talked about this when he was on that I Am Athlete podcast, Brandon Marshall. Check it out. It was really good. I actually need to go finish it. Um, he talked about He's like, he got COVID. You know, we started out the season very well. I think, you, I think it was two games in, 2-0, and oh, got COVID, 
And he came back and he said that he was in practice and, you know, run throughs with the team. And he just felt so behind. It was like, this guy's doing that. And he's like, wait, what? Like he was just, he was behind. He wasn't in sync, I guess, because, you know, COVID will do that to somebody. Um, and he just, he never completely caught back up and got back into that groove that I think he started the season in. Um, but that cam and his legs was only going to carry you so far at this point in cam's career. If that's literally the only legit weapon you have, you've got to surround him with a little something to work with before you write him off as a starter. And I think, think that's what the Patriots will event will ultimately end up doing. Cause the defense will be bad. The defense is going to be good. Uh, so you got that covered. If you just give him a little something to work with, I think that's what he needs. And then after that happens, and if he struggles in that scenario, then we can have the conversation about, all right, I don't think he's a starter anymore. It would pain me to see that, but it's a real conversation that could happen. Or you could finally give him some weapons, just some solid ones at best, and he and they do pretty decent. Maybe even make the playoffs. I'm like, all right, he's still got a little something here. Like you, you have to though. You can't expect somebody that's coming off the injuries that he's had and having COVID with literally nothing in the cupboard to work with, and then see that the Patriots were. Which, by the way, seven and nine. I think the final record was. They didn't do that bad, all things considered. So you got to take that into consideration. I mean, you can't just see all oh, the Patriots didn't make the playoffs for the first time in forever. And, oh, well, Tom Brady went to the Bucks and they won it. And, oh, Cam's done. Like, chill. Chill out with that just a little bit. You know, Tom Brady, that, that's a whole nother issue. So, uh, how much time do I have here? i got about 10 minutes. So, let me, let me just finish with this. I didn't get to my NBA stuff. That's okay. Blake Griffin went to the Nets. I'll just, I'll just touch on it real quick. I'll do five minutes on the NBA thing and five minutes on my last little feel-good moment. Blake Griffin got bought out or dropped by the Pistons. It was mutual. And then there was chat that Nets could go after him or could there be potentially a Clippers reunion? Either one would be a great move. Nets got him the other day. Nets messed around and got Blake Griffin. So now you got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Blake Griffin. And then DeAndre Jordan and others, you know, on the bench. The bench is pretty good too. I'm not going to go so far as to say Nets are just, it's over. You know, you know, like the Warriors back when they had KD, it's over. You know, you know, we're going to see the Cavs Warriors and the Warriors will blow them out. I'm not going to go that far, but because you just know, you don't know. I mean, the Lakers, once AD comes back healthy, and I can't wait to laugh at all of you about who said, oh, AD's done for the year. Oh, hey, uh, oh, uh, yeah, Lakers, they're done. AD's done. LeBron can't, uh, yep, yep. He ain't out the whole season. Like, believe me, LeBron, the Lakers, AD, their eyes is on the prize, which is the, the NBA title trophy. They ain't worried about the regular season. He's going to take as much time as he needs to get back by the playoffs, which will happen. So I can't wait to laugh at all you that said that, whoever you were. I, I saw it. Um, you know, some, some there's some media members out there that literally make their living off of trashing LeBron, trashing Tom Brady, and then the teams that they're on and others like it. It's very predictable as a consumer. Um, 
So I think that Nets Lakers, which will ultimately be what we're going to see in the finals, Nets Lakers is going to be the best finals matchup we've seen since the Cavs Warriors, specifically the 2016 matchup where LeBron and the Cavs came back and won it down 3 1 against the Warriors. You know, not Cavs Warriors in the final year LeBron was there because that was a blowout outside of game one where J.R. Smith forgot what planet he was on. Um, you know, Raptors Warriors two years ago was all right, but KD got injured. And so we kind of knew for the most part how that story was going to end. And last year, even though the Lakers won it, it was in the bubble and it was just basically let's get this done. Let's get through it type of deal. Let's get it in. This year, Nets, Lakers. And then we didn't get to see Lakers, Clippers in the Western Finals uh, leading up, which ultimately would have been the NBA Finals matchup, ultimately, Lakers, Clippers, you know, because whoever wins that game is going to win the whole thing. Lakers obviously did. So Lakers, Nets is going to be the best and most intriguing because of all the storylines. We'll get into that another time between LeBron going up against Kyrie. You know, it'll be Ky- it would be Kyrie's first final since, uh, you know, back when he was with LeBron. And, you know, that would be a, a storyline and the whole storyline with Kevin Durant finally back after his injury, James Harden getting to his uh, first final appearance. Um. Blake Griffin potentially winning his first ring. Like there, there's a lot. And then LeBron, you know, winning another title potential. There are so many storylines, you know, beyond just the great competition, there's going to be so many storylines wrapped up in that Nets Lakers finals matchup that there is no comparison in recent memory outside of 2016 Cavs Warriors Cavs coming back three, one finals uh, over the Warriors. It's not going to be. I'll wrap up with this as I got to get out of here because Chuck Oliver is coming up here in a couple of minutes. ACC tournament starts today, 2 o'clock, Miami versus Pitt. So it actually starts up in a couple hours. Um, It feels good. It it really feels good because, to be blunt, it's where shit hit the fan. You know, I was there, you know, last year, you know, it's back in Greensboro. It was in Greensboro last year when COVID hit the day that the world stopped, you know, the the day after Tom Hanks got COVID and the NBA shut down and, you know, they finally called all the conference tournaments off and the NCAA called off sports, essentially shut down. The world stopped for a good little period of time there. And we kind of figured out what the hell do we do now? Uh. It just, it feels really, it's not quite the same. It's not going to be quite the same, I don't think, till next year, but it's getting there. Um, It just, it's really, really nice to see that they did bring it back to Greensboro because that, you know, it was the first, because listen, Greensboro is ACC country. It's ACC town. It's it's, It's tournament town. That's what all the banners always say every year since I was a kid. Tournament town, ACC, Greensboro. Um. It's where the ACC tournament belongs, in my opinion. It's the ACC headquarters, uh, the tailgate atmosphere. And I'll, I'll be curious to see what it's like this year with COVID and everything. I'm sure to a degree people will still be out there. But, um, you know, the, the, the atmosphere for the ACC tournament in Greensboro, there is nowhere better. There's no better atmosphere that celebrates the ACC basketball tournament quite like Greensboro. Charlotte's good, but it's still not quite even the same. 
uh, as Greensboro is. So I was glad to see, you know, because this all happened last year and it was the first time that the ACC tournament had been back to Greensboro in five years. And I was, we were all hyped up for that. And then, you know, COVID hit and it's just like, ah, oh. and, and, the, and we didn't know when it was going to come back to Greensboro because it wasn't on the schedule again for a while. Cause it was going to go like to Brooklyn and all that jazz. Um, so I, when I saw that they decided to, for COVID reasons, actually bring it back to Greensboro, literally the year after everything mm-hmm went up in flames essentially it just is a really really nice feeling to see it back it ain't quite back to normal yet but i think we can all agree that the light's at the end of the tunnel and if we hold that optimism which i plan on doing because that's how i look at the world uh we'll be there sooner than later so it's really nice to see the ac tournament back in action over in greensboro uh and that it's going to be that until Thursday. We'll have a lot of ACC basketball to get into because, again, the tournament starts here in two hours, so we'll be able to get into that. Um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate the comments, Spartan Barton, as always. Uh, uh, it's been fun, you know. We've got about four minutes here, so appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, special thanks as we welcome a new viewer right here as we're heading out the door. Um, oh, I just saw this comment. Spartan Barton said Cam Newton interview on I am athlete was great. It was so good. And again, I got to finish it, but I was saying this on the last episode. This is why I really, I've gotten to a place now where whether I'm listening because I want to understand the athlete better, or I'm wanting to understand their side of a story better, or if I just want to get to know who they are better, I'm so much more interested in viewing a podcast like I am athlete or another podcast where they bring you know, whether it's a friend of the athlete, a former teammate of the athlete, so they have a little bit different relationship as opposed to somebody from the media that they might know. But I just feel like the media sometimes more often than not tends to try and pick and prod at somebody they bring on for what whatever it is they're trying to get out of them, as opposed to literally just talking and having a conversation. And you actually get to know who the athlete is because they tell stories from back in the day. And you actually get a real picture for the most part of who the athlete is, not somebody kind of generating the narrative for you or for them. So that's why I kind of, it's kind of why I go towards podcasts like that these days, as opposed to, you know, your typical sports shows or stories or things like that, just from a reporter. So yeah, really good, uh, really good interview by um, Brandon Marshall and Ocho Cinco was on there and I forget who else was on there. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it for uh, today on a Tuesday, ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, uh, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold. You can hit me up on all social media. I'd love to get to know you guys. Uh, keep building this community. Appreciate everybody who tuned in. Appreciate everybody who listened on the podcast. Appreciate everybody who's going to watch after this is posted on Twitch. Uh, appreciate our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Be sure to get in on uh, their special deal on our website, LandryFootball.com, if you're into sports betting and all that jazz said all that jazz a lot today. Um, so, yeah, get in on that. I can hear my dad on the phone in the other room. He's so loud. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll do it again on Thursday. Same place, same time right here on Chris Landry Football, 11 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday. We'll see you then. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.